Welcome to Eavesdrop. My name is Jenny. We are glad that you're joining in on our conversation. I am here today with my friend Heather. Hello. Good morning. Hope y'all are having a great day. Uh, want to remind you that you can uh, find our conversation on iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. We do have our website set up at www.eavesdropshow.com where you can also find the show but also leave comments and thoughts and feedbacks for, for us which we would really 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 love to know um, what you're thinking We've got a facebook page at eavesdrop and a twitter site that you can follow us through twitter and get to know us better and find a little bit more we are joined again today with our friend Lindsay stevenson hello hello Lindsay. Lindsay is a dear friend of heather's and i's and um she is a counselor here in town with us with a private practice and Lindsay's been a part of a couple of conversations that we have had about parenting in this 21st century from birth, infancy, mm-hmm. the wonderful years of tween, and <laughs> becoming that teenager and the boomerang kids, which mm-hmm. that was a great terminology. I had not heard that one before. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I had not heard boomerang listed with that one. And we've talked about just how struggles kids growing up, the relationship freedom responsibility when to give it when not to give it hitting those different age groups that that we've hit with the tween and the high schoolers but today's conversation going from all of that is as a parent how do I talk to my kids how do I nurture that relationship with my children my students my teenagers as a parent um what authority do I have from God um to be that parent, to walk with them as they grow, as they fail, as they change and develop. Um, where do I get it from? Where Where do I go? Where do I get encouragement and strength from? How do I f- fight for their heart in helping raise them and train them and lead them and teach them, but yet as they walk through these stages of life, through all of that? I think that's a hard question. I was just thinking some things are really well-defined and others aren't. And the problem is that each person is different. The problem is that each child is different. And there are some really good standards. There are really good structure. But I think when it comes to picking which way to go, it's a moment-by-moment decision parenting. That's hard probably for a lot of parents that are used to having things planned out that like structure. I, I You're don't. looking at me like <laughs> I'm. I'm on the opposite side, so I think this will be really good because this is probably the first time that we're going to have like divergent. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I'm I'm one of those people that believes if you make the hard decisions up front, oh, yes. oh, then it makes ninety percent of the other decisions that you're going to yeah. have to make. I'm with you on that. Oh no, no I'm with I'm with you, you on with that. You on that one. I mean? It's the yeah. micromanaging. Yes. yes. How to how to navigate that, which kind of gets it kind of yes. bulky and hard to deal with. Yeah, because for me, you know. Um, I feel like I know what I'm responsible for and I know mm-hmm. what I'm trying to accomplish with my relationships with my children. So because I know what my end game is, you know, mm-hmm. that, that really great book about the seven habits of highly mm-hmm. effective people, mm-hmm. you know, one of the habits is that you begin with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I know what my end is. You know, there are there are four really basic things that I want for my children. Um, I want them to, to, of course, first and foremost, I, I want to raise children that are believing children. I I want them to, as adults, have a relationship with Christ and know not only that their salvation is secure, but 
that they have a God that wants to walk with them daily. That is like number one to me. The second is, of course, I want them to be financially independent because if I can afford to feed them for 18 years, that's all I really want to hold on to. So I'd really like to raise financially independent. I really would like to have children that are compassionate and know their purpose. how they were created and that those are good things even if all three of them are completely different those are really Mm -hmm. good things and go after what it is that they were created for and then the fourth one is that I want them to be givers in this world I want them to give more than they take so I think those four things that that I have decided and my husband has decided that that's what we're pushing for in everything that we parent that makes up Mm -hmm. the bulk of the hard decisions for us I think that's a really good point it's a great point And you see what I'm saying? Like, that's not an easy undertaking for you to figure that out. But if you sat down with your husband or if you're a single parent, sit down when you've got a moment's peace or if they're at the other's um, house for the weekend, sit down and really think through, Mm -hmm. where do you want this to end? How do you see this? And you you really can do that. And then it really does kind of help you when you get to that decision of, well, you stole from your friend. Mm-hmm. Well, that went against being a giver mm-hmm. and not a taker. You, you kind of know how you're going to get there and what you're going to yeah. deal with. But I think that's the struggle that a lot of parents run into is they don't have the end game in mind. So all they're doing is reacting. Absolutely. What is happening right then and mm-hmm. there. And God forbid you're a parent like me with ADD because your reaction on yep. Monday mm-hmm. is not going to be your reaction on Thursday because you've forgotten what you did on Monday. Yeah. yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's a reactionary parenting I just think is such a problem right now. Yeah. And well, you forget think, the shepherd role then. I think it's always been a problem. I think as long mm-hmm. as you have a life outside of your children and even if your life is your children, you have internal goings mm-hmm. on that are outside of your children. So as long as you exist as a growing and changing human, which you do until you're dead, mm-hmm. there, will be, yes, that there, is true. Will, there will be things competing yeah. for your attention, yeah. uh, competing for the end, you know, the role of the end game. Because mm-hmm. sometimes when you come home from work, you know that you need to lay that boundary down about it's time to go to bed. Eight o'clock is bedtime and you don't want to go to bed. So, you know, I just don't want to have this fight right now. I think that's when it gets really hard because... When do you choose battles? When do you absolutely si- when do you- and making those decisions ahead of time? Of mm-hmm. yeah, but even just having the energy to say, please, just you know, just go to bed is what it, that choose that sort of to thing. obey. Mm-hmm. That is that is like a great phrase. But I think you're right. You cannot choose to say bedtime is at eight o'clock at seven forty-five. Right. Like they got to know my bedtime during the school year is at eight o'clock. Lights out is at eight thirty or mm-hmm. whatever you pick. Yeah. You know, you pick your own thing. Let them know but- what to expect. Right, but it's consistent, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Mm -hmm. Thursday, and Friday. And I say that knowing full well that my husband will listen to this show, and then he will pull me aside, and he will say, "Uh -uh, you're really bad at what you just (laughs) said, and I really want to hold you accountable for it, because he's done it twice already. But that's the truth. He is so good about that. We have Mm -hmm. a decision, and we enforce the decision, even if there are times that we get home at 745, and they're not wound down enough. Mm Mm-hmm. That's still the bedtime. And he wants to enforce it, and I typically try to let him off. But he's right. Well, I think there's room for structure, and then there's a big difference between structure and rigidity. I think He's where not going to like you, Lindsay. Well, I'm not worried about it. Okay, him. go <laughs> with that. Go with I that. Think, I think where there's rigidity frequently, there's anxiety. If you can't meet yes. where pe- people where they are, if you have to have things just so or your whole life gets knocked out of place, I think there's something there with you to deal with, yeah. with the parent. 
Yeah. You know? Not with a kiddo. Yeah. Sometimes it is 7.55 and you've just been out having ice cream with the family and they're full of sugar and you guys are having a great time (laughs) and tomorrow's Saturday and why the heck not? Let's just stay up till 8.30. It's not going to hurt things. Yeah. The rigidity. It's having that. The rigidity doesn't help, but it's the structure of I know that I'm, I'm consciously not observing this rule. Yeah. Which I think goes back to one of our previous conversations is understanding and at least defining and knowing what those expectations are. That's Mm -hmm. what they are. But having the flexibility Mm -hmm. to, it's okay to change. I'm not changing what my decision is. Mm -hmm. I'm not changing who that is and what the decision is. I'm calling an audible. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. And in the South, we know what that means. (laughs) You know, my husband could even understand that. We're calling an audible. Absolutely. You know, this, this is our typical but mm-hmm. here, on this one decision, we're going to make an audible. And you don't have to hide that because you're showing your children. Yes. Sometimes. What is that you teaching get to our be kids? Spontaneous. Sometimes you get to change your mind, and that and it's is okay. glorious. Yeah. I think, I think to let them great. know that they don't have to hide mm-hmm. behind this is the way things are, and this is the way things always are, because they're never going to be the same all the time. Well, oh, yeah. let's Can't just be. be honest. If you live in a rigid world, what happens when that child leaves? And goes to college and, and has college, a roommate. It's crazy. Your world, well, your personal world, your personal crumbles. world crumbles, <laughs> and you just go off the deep end. And then the child is yeah. set up for this world that isn't yeah. really reality. Yeah, yeah. Because so. that college roommate is—I just think that's the biggest wake-up call yeah. you're ever going to get. You know, oh, that first college roommate. Yeah. Uh, well, I remember my college roommate, my freshman year. She would be—you know—our school was conservative, mm-hmm. and we had a um, what's it called? We have to be in at a certain time. Curfew. Oh, curfew. They had yes. a curfew. And so I would be in if the curfew is midnight. I'd be in by 1130. Let's play it safe. That's my personality. My uh, roommate <laughs> said, well, what if I come in at two? They don't know if I've come in any later than when if I came in at one or 1215. So I'll just stay out till five. You know, that was a shock to me. <laughs> and I was going, aren't you sleepy? And she said, what? what kind of question is that? I'll sleep later on. I'm not going to class. And I thought, oh, my gosh. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I told you that first roommate. You learned so much about yourself. And your parents. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. And their parents. Yeah. So, I mean, we digress just a, a little. But, you know, it's it's real in it the role of shepherding as parents. You know, we've talked about beginning with the end in mind. But you, you do kind of want to set a tone in yeah. your family. And not of rigidity, but of structure. Yeah. And, um. And, and I really, you know, I, I really hate the statistics that are out there right now. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, I, and I hate to jump to the end because I know we're trying to begin with the end in mind. But with the end statistics that are out there, currently we're losing 40% of children who've grown up in Christian homes leaving the church. Yes. When they get to college. Yeah. 40% is the trend right now. Um, and it's even higher if you take girls out of the equation. We're losing the college student boys at a much higher percentage. And so I just kind of wonder if, you know, if we talk about it that way, how, how can we shape our family so that we can kind of diminish that or maybe postpone that? You know, I want to say that, that this is really a question of how does the church need to change as, Mm -hmm. as our lives change more so than you think it's even a parenting yeah. Yes. I mean, hmm. I think train up a child the way he should go. 
Yeah. So that he will not depart from those. And I when think he's old. When he's old. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's true. I think you teach your children um, values and morals. And when the church doesn't match up with what you've learned, mm-hmm. then why engage? Hmm. That's a so good point. So you think it's more of a, I think it's a, a church I think systemic. It's a, I think it's a systemic failure. I think that absolutely children in college are going to say, screw that. I'm not going to church because it's at eight o'clock in the morning. That's true. And because I haven't finished my There's homework. There's a 1045 service. Well, but that's also <laughs> where you find on college campuses, more of the church realms happen during the week at nighttime mm-hmm. at 830 at night. Or Sunday nights after Be- dinner. Exactly. Because it fits that mindset mm-hmm. and it fits what their schedules are. Mm-hmm. But I, I did. And I, I think in the end game, if a kid doesn't go to church during college, doesn't mean they won't go as an adult. Um, yeah. I think looking at what they do in college again when their brain still is under-functioning, uh, that it, it could be a really bad sign of something, but it could also just be they stay out till two every night and yeah. they're sleepy when it comes to church. I think the church has a responsibility to say, this is how the culture is changing. But yeah. that's for a different show. That could be a great different show. <laughs> that would be a great different show on that one. But I think on the parenting yeah. side of that, you know, yeah. um, I, I think it's kind of what you're talking about with that rigidity, mm-hmm. you know, because um, not that my children don't love to go to church because mine do, but I have I have friends whose children really do not enjoy church. Mm-hmm. And so even while they're under their roof mm-hmm. and parenting and shepherding their hearts, um, it's a struggle. Yeah. And so I think that rigidity is kind of what I'm talking about on yeah. the parenting side of how do you show them the value of your belief without making it a forceful, um, yeah. where they're going to rebel. You see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That's kind of where I was going with it. it was more on the shepherding the child's heart spiritually. Yeah. Well, but I think it's then changing from so much that the church is not the institution. It's the people. Mm-hmm. And I like my kids, I, they love going to our church and stuff like that, but they're more for the relationships that are built there. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much even the relationships that they see with their peers their own age. They love coming to see y'all. Yeah. The other mm-hmm. adults that are in their lives mm-hmm. that have surrounded them, that's, for them, that's what they're taking away. They're like, why would I not have this in my life yeah. growing mm-hmm. up? Because it's so positive. It's so positive yeah. for mm-hmm. them. I, I was recently with a friend of mine who's a couple of years older than me, like two. And uh, he doesn't go to church the way uh, I have mm-hmm. gone to church my whole life. And I meet people out in the community and I'll say, oh, I know them from church and stop and talk to them. And then, and I'll know people everywhere. And I mm-hmm. have, it, he'll stop and talk to nobody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what he turned to me and said is, even if church is boring, that's just what he said. Even if church is boring, you have this community I don't have. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. I think that is yeah. probably my favorite part yeah. about my children growing up in mm-hmm. church yeah. is that they know that there are other adults out mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. care about value and will listen. Yeah. Because there are days when I'm just in a tizzy and yeah. it, it's a, okay, I, I can't deal today. But yeah. in a church environment or in any kind of community environment, um, you really do have those other ears, other adult mm-hmm. ears that can speak influence. And in the church community, it gives you further opportunity to say, I'm not my parents. If you have supportive mm-hmm. adults who aren't your parents and you can go to them, then you don't have to, when it's appropriate, you can say, 
I don't need to ask mom and dad about this. I have this valuable resource over here. Not that you don't use mom right. and dad, but they get to play mm-hmm. a different role, yeah. which I think yeah. is important. Mm-hmm. And I think that brings up that point. Um, I may have shared this with you, but I was talking with Lindsay a few minutes ago. Um, one of my very first days of being an intern, um, a, a pastor said to me, Ronnie Brock said, um, the two styles of parenting change. You know, the mm-hmm. first 12 years, maybe 13 years of your life, you're really a micromanager. Mm-hmm. You have to micromanage every mm-hmm. single thing. All the decisions from what they're going to wear, what they're going to do, da, 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 da. You really have to be a micromanager. And then based on how you micromanage from 13 to, you know, 20, 22, you become a consultant. Mm-hmm. And based on how you micromanage, they decide how they consult you. And I think that is so true and so wise. And it goes exactly with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's already a network of other adults, they have multiple consultants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I grew up, I was so lucky to have youth ministers, to have Bible yeah. study teachers, that I look back and think all these friends I have that didn't have that, how did they survive? Because even now, I've got the phone number of somebody, of an adult I haven't talked to in years, but I know if I call Tracy... Mm-hmm. She talked me through something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so I think that's a really important aspect of of shepherding is letting there be other shepherds. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I totally think that. So then say you've got somebody who's listening to this and they're like, okay, I don't have that. I don't have that. I don't know, even know where to begin. How do I know? How do I get involved? How do I know where to find this? How do? Where do I even start with this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important, but... How do I even begin to develop those relationships? Maybe the ones I already have, but it takes it into another level. Mm-hmm. I think there's a built-in community when you join a church, and that's great. Um, but also, when you have community outside a church, that exposes children to things they wouldn't see otherwise, which can be really positive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like sports. Sports. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you join a gym like the Y, mm-hmm. that's got values set up into it so any of their sports will have that if, if you get your child involved in that also teams you know different teams that they have at school you know mm-hmm. clubs like math club chess club um, scholars bowl there's community opportunities out there mm-hmm. they're not just faith-based it's just that the faith-based ones um they lend you a, an intrinsic mm-hmm. positive yeah yeah they they lend you something that none of the other ones can promise you which is hope Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's, that may be what you're alluding to is how do you start that hope? How do you go after that? So, yeah, there's there's great opportunities for community, mm-hmm. social, civic. You know, you got Girl Scouts, you got Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. You, there's so many opportunities out there, but um, and let's I get think, that hope. I yeah. think what's important, too, is if you have the non-religious centered and the religious centered community, mm-hmm. the kids get to go. Wait, there's yes. a difference. There is a difference. There is Not a difference. that you want them to be judging Mm-mm. that their baseball team isn't all about prayer and learning about the Bible, but you want them to be able to compare and contrast. Uh, here's a community that's safe, but not religious. Mm-hmm. Here's a community that's safe and religious. So you're not teaching them that the world isn't safe at large. No. You're just telling them this is an element mm-hmm. that not everybody has and we have it. Yeah. Well, and I think it does, it helps define, and it brings up conversations to talk with your children. This is, you know, you do believe, here's where it is. What can you bring to that mm-hmm. group within that and still 
work and exist without judging Mm -hmm. that they're not like you and there are other folks around you that don't believe the same way. But like you said, even your friend says, I see what you have, that there's something that I don't have. Mm -hmm. And they become, as you said, your thing, believing children Mm -hmm. with a spirit that Mm -hmm. is following Christ Mm -hmm. and wanting to be that example to their friends and to give and to give and to give what yes they can't get somewhere else yeah, yeah. so I, th- I think that's um it's just really a great step for parents is to invite others in to be a mm-hmm. shepherd like you said yeah um, it doesn't even have to be formal oh, no. I, mean, I would go into these formal bible study things absolutely but also just chilling out with the other children my parents friends I'd bump into other parents, you know, mm-hmm. as a child, bump into parents, and they're just fun and nice, and I see them as support. Yeah. Can you have, and I'm just asking for a thought, because I see I see both sides of it, but then I do see for my own personal, I, is there too many that you can have? Or is there, is it more of for defining who the shepherds are, smaller groups, to really develop families, relationships? with it because there are a lot of folks that will are a personality that will tell everybody and bring everybody in and it becomes this whirlwind where there's so many influences in their lives that it's not as controlled you find what i'm saying oh yeah i I think it's a a different approach it's an intentional yeah and i think that may be a litmus test for you is how intentional Mm -hmm. can they be because you know um our specific church we do a wednesday night dinner Mm -hmm. there's probably 200 people at that dinner Mm -hmm. kids and adults included yeah Mm -hmm. My children probably know more people mm-hmm. there than I do because my children learn people as, oh, that's Sally's mom. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know, so they know them by sight, mm-hmm. but they don't know them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's different levels. You, you know, you've got their the value of knowing a person's mm-hmm. face and right. child. You know the child, but you don't know that person. But then there are those that, you know, they sit at the same round table. Mm-hmm. and they eat dinner with they get to know those parents a little bit closer yeah yeah and then those that you know you may go to dinner with mm-hmm. that's a little bit deeper so you kind of see this like mm-hmm. funnel effect well and to me children will choose w- will be drawn to people mm-hmm. you don't yes. even have to deputize people to be your child's <laughs> mentor children drawn. are drawn to adults and if you put them in a safe environment if you're at church dinner and you know not everybody at church is safe, but if you put them in the environment where it's largely adults who are safe and you're keeping an eye on things, children will go to the adult that's a good match for them. And the adult, honestly, will be drawn to a child that's a good match for them. I agree. So that kind of organic yeah. chemistry uh, just develops. Yeah. And I think that's really probably the best. You know, um, my middle child has a small group leader that she is really drawn to that is um, a really great guy. I, I mean, we have a great friendship, and he and his wife have been teaching this group for a couple of years now, and he is so in tune with my child's heart mm-hmm. and knows the questions in her heart to the point that he will come and talk to me about it, and look, this is what I'm thinking I'm going to say, and what mm-hmm. do you think about this? And mm-hmm. it is a great dialogue because, you know, I'm at that age where the switch is about to happen, mm-hmm. you know, they're going from me being a micromanager to mm-hmm. me being, being a, a consultant, consultant. and I have these friendships where other people are speaking truths, but we're dialoguing. So it doesn't have to come out of my mouth because we know what mama's going to say. Yeah. You know, mama's voice is always this. Mm-hmm. So having other people that care enough to invest in your child. Oh, 
and go after their heart. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that it's a man, let's be honest, I am so ecstatic yeah. that there are men that will step up and actually have that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's wonderful because that, that's been a, you know, a void, you know, in my child's life. Um, my two oldest, you know, I was a single parent for almost six years. So the void of having a spiritual man speak to them. Oh, and we're not talking, this guy's not a minister by trade. Sure. He's a volunteer. He's just a volunteer. Mm-hmm. He's just a man. He's a daddy who loves kids. And mm-hmm. wow, that's powerful. Yeah. You know? And what you can be sure about is even if, they don't have, if they didn't have that strong male spiritual influence that you're lucky mm-hmm. enough to have in their lives, you've given them yeah. through the first couple, you know, the first parts of their years, a strong foundation that they have developed the discernment yeah. to know this is what's right. This is what's wrong. This influence is telling me this, but it just doesn't resound with what I already know is true. Mm-hmm. So the things you've set them up for by giving them appropriate freedoms, appropriate responsibilities, letting them deal with consequences, whether they're natural consequences or imposed, uh, you've prepared them to have this discernment as an adult to say, not Mm -hmm. only to be able to cope with problems, but to say, this is what I believe. This is what I know is true. This is what is integral in my person. And I know when this matches up and when it doesn't. And hopefully along the way, too, they've developed a sense of I'm important enough to have an opinion that differs from somebody else's. Yeah. Because if you shut that down, no matter how smart they are, if they don't think they're important enough to say that they don't agree, then they're not going to. And they're just going to get lost in what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think setting them up at the beginning, giving them a firm foundation, at the end, by the time your consultant even if they're not consulting you that much for whatever reason, if you've given them a firm foundation, you don't have to worry. Yeah, I think that's great because it kind of wraps up what we've been talking about. You know, it goes back and says all of the three conversations that we've had with Lindsay as our first guest speaker ever. <laughs> yes, it, you mark it down. You are the first. Lindsay <laughs> then nobody can take your spot. Counselor. <laughs> yes. First guest speaker. But it kind of wraps that up and, and shows the different roles mm-hmm. that we have, the different functionalities. And um, and I think the greatest part is that it, it takes it back to the fact that all of these things were given to us by God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were firmly given to us, you know, when Adam and Eve had those first kids. Um, We have that right to bring them up. And the Bible tells us that if we train up a child in the way that he should go, when he's old, he will not depart from it. Mm -hmm. Which means, yeah, they may go away for a while. But if they have that foundation that Lindsay's talking about. Well, and I think, too. They will come back. It will. And I think, too, knowing that your influence as a parent never goes away. Amen. It never goes away. Even at our ages, our parents are still influences in our lives. Yes. And are there. <laughs> right or wrong, good or bad. But still, shaping, I think the encouragement that's still shaping and guiding our parents, we as parents will always be their parent. Mm-hmm. We'll always have that influence in their lives. Which is which is positive. Even if it starts out negative, you have yeah. the ability as a parent to change things midstream. And you can say, listen, from two to seven, I really screwed things up. Yeah. But now we're going to play this game. Yeah. We're going to play this line. Yeah. Even if they're 25. Yeah. Well, and you made that point way earlier. If God does this with us, mm-hmm. 
why would we not, our parenting not be any different than what God does as a father, yeah. as a mm-hmm. shepherd for us, as his child, as his very own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important that we not be so harsh on ourselves as parents. Yeah. That we find some hope that um, you you really can make a mistake on Monday. Mm-hmm. Ask forgiveness from God the Father. Turn mm-hmm. around and explain, this is what I did. Mm-hmm. To, you know, an age-appropriate child. Mm-hmm. You know, at seven, mm-hmm. six, what, you know, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but sorry's good enough. Right. This is not what mom meant to do. But, you know, as they get older, the deeper conversation of, look, I'm still working at this, too. Mm -hmm. I still struggle every day. Mm -hmm. I didn't do it right yesterday, but I've asked God to forgive me. Now I'm coming to you. Mm -hmm. Will you forgive me and not hold this against me? Mm -hmm. But this is really what I should have done. Mm -hmm. And this is what we're going to do from today forward. And I I need you to know that, yeah, I I blew it over here. You know, Mm -hmm. that's a great precedent because then they can look at you and go, you know what? I really blew it over here. Yeah. (laughs) Because they've seen you do it. They can feel safe to admit to to things that haven't gone the way they planned. Absolutely. Yeah. So I really feel like that that's a pretty good overview of of a good way to look at parenting, you know, developmentally, mm-hmm. shepherding, yeah. and then a community look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Through all of that. Great conversations. I know. Awesome conversations it. through all this. Lindsay, you Thank can come back you. anytime. Oh, thanks. <laughs> if you get a, a little burr in your crawl, <laughs> anything I'll you want to discuss. Come back. You can come back anytime you want Absolutely. to, but we really do appreciate you Thank taking you the so time much. with us. I appreciate um, it. And Lindsay is here. She, again, I've mentioned before in the other shows, but again, she does have a website and it's lindsaystevenson.com and it's Lindsay with an E. Mm-hmm. Spell it all out. Mm-hmm. And she would love to set up an appointment with you to talk with you if you need some help, if you need some guidance, if you're struggling, if you're student, your tween just needs somebody to talk to, Lindsay would be a great advocate. She'd be a great advocate. She is a great friend for us, but she's a great advocate for those um, that and was willing to walk with you on this journey. Again, we thank you for eavesdropping on our conversation. Again, you can find our podcast on iTunes by subscribing to our show through iTunes. Also on our website at www.eavesdropshow.com. Facebook, you can find us at eavesdrop and follow us on Twitter at eavesdropshow. Again, We are excited that you were able to join with us, and we look forward to conversing again and uh, having you eavesdrop on our conversation again next time. Thank you. We'll see you all later. Bye-bye.